is Will Tinkin. Thanks for listening to the Bitter Comics Comics Podcast. And here's your host, JT Foreman. Good job, dude. Can I have a high five? Yes. Good job. That's really nice. Hello, this is JT Foreman. Welcome to episode 120 of my of the uh, Bitter Comics Podcast. How's it going? Uh, I'm here with uh, once again with my very good friend Chris Cruz. How's it going, dude? Absolutely fantastic. Awesome. Oh, we begin once again with our opening statement. Uh, our opening segment. JT was a real prick last week, and which I apologize for the cruel, offensive, and probably racist things I said last episode. Now, last episode was not last week. It was actually about half an hour ago. So the first thing I have to apologize to is the concept of the week. <laughs> because I've condensed it down to 30 minutes and I think it deserves more than that. About six days, 23 hours, and 30 minutes more than that, actually. But I'd also like to apologize to Fat People, Rape, and J.J. Uh, Abrams. Yes. Yeah, yes. I pr- probably ought to apologize to J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to apologize to homosexuals. Yes. I'd like to apologize. <laughs> I'm jealous of homosexuals. Yeah, dude, they, they're winning. They're uh, winning what, right now. I would, I, you know, I'm jealous of the environment because I would love to live in a sexual environment where the line "Hey, wanna fuck?" has a chance of working because that line would work on me. So fucking. If, easy. if I were gay and a gay dude who I was even remotely attracted to walked up to me and said, "Hey, wanna fuck?" that line would work on <laughs> me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, if any woman, if any woman, and I'm looking right at the recorder now. Because I want to make sure you can hear me right. And for some reason, I think that'll help. If any woman were to walk up to me and say, hey, wanna fuck, that line will work. I don't know. There are some <laughs> monsters out there. I, you know, that, I'm telling you that line will that line will work. Well, I will bring one to tell you that. <laughs> I, I'll, I will that. watch your face say no. <laughs> yeah, it's just as long as they're not paid this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the last podcast, we were doing, we were talking a lot, but we didn't get any time yeah. on comedy. So yeah. this time, we're gonna we're gonna go right into comedy now. Okay, we're going right into comedy. Um, uh, uh, I, well, let me let me just uh, get the, get the intro done. I gotta do oh, the intro because it is it. it is a week later when this do will be it. posted. Do it. Um, if really? You, if okay, you feel it, if you owe us if you if you feel I owe any additional apologies, send us an email to JT uh, to bittercomics at hotmail dot com. In the subject line, just put something clever. I didn't have time to come in and put anything. And uh, uh, you can find our bo- podcast at bittercomics.podbean.com. dot uh, com. Of course, if you're listening to it, you already found it. So what? there's no real point in saying that, I suppose. <laughs> why do you but have, subscribe. Why do, anyway. you have a, 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 why do you have to post these a week apart if you've had like a five-month break? Well, you know, you're probably right. I'll probably <laughs> put one up and then the other one up the next day. Ah, if I don't do that, I'll forget in like six well, months Well, it'll later, give you I mean, time. You know, you could yeah. do some more and get a weekly thing going. That'd be yeah. nice. I, I really do want to do this every week. And, and I, as much as I uh, would love to blame other things, it's really my own laziness that has caused it to take this long. <laughs> to, to get to get it up again, and as I said at the beginning of the the uh, last episode we just recorded, the only reason we're doing this today is because you said, "Hey, why don't we do a podcast tomorrow?" And so, because well, we were outside of Fab and we yeah. were having like a great comedy conversation, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, "Dude, we should podcast this," so. and we should have that great comedy conversation right now. Okay, so Boom. you, Chris Cruz, you've been actually you've been in addition to doing comedy, you've been booking shows for quite a while now. Yeah, I yeah. know you did shows at a place called the Laughing Buddha in Tower District. Uh, this is a, uh, you do uh, a monthly show at Club One Casino. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the first Friday of every month. The first Friday of every month, and starting 2016. It's going to be two Fridays a month. Get oh, some. cool. Awesome. Uh, I have been to many of the shows. And, and you know, it, it, different comedians, but you always have someone really funny. So yeah. even if you don't know who the comedian that's going to be at Chris's show is, go, is going to be, you can be sure that it's going to be a good show because Chris only books funny people. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Uh, uh, being a funny person yourself, it's easier for you to recognize who's good. So I think that's... That helps. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very crafty in the way that I book these shows. Yeah, you know, so that's something I, I did want to ask you about. And uh, what what is the process that you go through when 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 doing this? Not just uh, not just booking the shows, but promoting them as well. And and what exactly do you say to the owner of the place to 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 convince him that that it would be a good idea for him to have the shows on? This is great. 
This is great because me explaining this is going to give anybody listening um, the ability much, to yeah, compete tactics. with you and put you out of business. Good. Good. <laughs> See, I, that, I, want I agree, have... actually. I think it is good because the more good comedy is there is, the better it is for the other good comedy. I want you to have the best comedy open mic or a best comedy show right next to mine. Just don't go into my venue and try and get a fucking night. Yeah. But next door, fuck yeah. Let's go yeah. heads up. You know? Let's yeah. fucking... Uh, a, a wise man once said... A wise man once said, if you have two comedy shows on the same night at the same time and you are unable to sell them both out in a town that has 500,000 people, that's the promoter's fault. Yeah. So, I mean, people say, like, oh, why are you doing a show on my night? Bitch, get step your game up. You yeah, know what I'm there are half a million people in Fresno. Yeah. You think yeah. your people are coming and to my show? I don't at, care that my people are going to yours. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't matter. I'll yeah. send them there if it's yeah. closer to them. Yeah, there's there's half a million people in Fresno. My room has 120 seats, and your room has 80 seats. You're telling me between the two of us, out of half a million, we couldn't find 200 people who want to see stand-up comedy? No, no, somebody did something wrong. Precisely. Now so, it, there is a great deal of di- difficulty in the logistics, especially. Now that uh, media is so much more diversified than it used to be. I mean, once upon a time, you put an ad in the newspaper and 90% of the city's population will see it. Those days are over. Those days are gone. Those days are long gone, brother. Uh, so, I mean, I just want to jump right into this on how I book shows, promote shows, and how I get into venues. Mm-hmm. And hopefully people listening take this advice and do it themselves. Um, so, first of all, how I book shows. Um, I am very, very picky with who I have on my stage. Yeah. Why? I am going to all of my friends, all of my family. I'm going to people at CVS. I'm talking to people at the bank. When I was working in cell phone sales, I'm talking to somebody like, hey, you know, get this iPhone, get this case, get this screen protector. What are you doing? Boom. And while things are getting set up on the computer, hey, did you know there's a comedy show tonight? I have a comedy show going on at Score Sports Lounge. You should come and see it. I have a sales integrity to myself, like my core value. Yeah. I cannot... Tell somebody or ask somebody to do something if I do not think that it's going to be in their benefit to do that. I can't, with confidence, look someone in the eyes and say, go to this comedy show if I don't have confidence that the comedians that they're going to see aren't going to be good. How do I book those comedians? I have to see them. I have to see them kill. If I see them kill, I, 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 I stop. I sit down. I look at the comedian I rate pacing, delivery, joke. Um, what's the what's the word? Uh, freshness or originality? Joke originality. Joke originality. I look for these things. I look how the crowd is laughing. It's important on how they're laughing because there's two types of laughs. The nervous nervous laughter isn't always so great. Oh, that you don't even count that. You can feel that. You can feel nervous laugh. There's yeah. the two types of laugh I'm talking about is the laughs that people give you and the laughs that you take. The laughs that people give you in the audience are because they like you. You know, that yeah. you, you have a likability and you say something cute and they're going to laugh. The laughs that are taken are because your joke is just a good joke. And they have no choice but to give you their laugh. Yeah, just the involuntary reaction. Something happened that was like being tickled. It's like, yeah. I, I don't want to laugh, but I have to because this was just so funny. Perfect. And when you combine those two laughs, that's what they call a belly laugh. Belly laughs are very obvious to spot. Yeah. Those are very... And if you can get the crowd belly laughing, I'm looking at you and I want you on my show. You know, I don't care what what the scenarios are. You're on my radar and let's do this. So I constantly book locals that invoke this emotion from the audience and it's a little rough you know but on the last podcast we were talking about you were like hey um do you like you said something about do you want to be fair or something like that i'm like hell no i don't want to be fair Hmm. i don't want i i book rigorously you if you aren't good you are not getting on my stage But hey, many times I've been fooled. Many times I've been fooled where I see a comic destroy and they come on my stage and they fucking bomb. Because they do different material. They don't, they don't, like. But they don't do their material. They decide to do crowd work. Precisely. So, I mean, it it has backfired on me, but I mean, I trust my gut. I know what I see and I've made enough mistakes now to where lately I just haven't been missing with my picks. Um, So, I'm always looking for people to do that. And what ends up happening is, you know, I'll have a guy. That just kills it at my show. 
I'll bring him out to my show, and he fucking kills it. Why shouldn't he come back to the next show or the show after that? So it's kind of like a, a kinetic energy buildup, yeah. you know, where where I'll get these certain comics to come out, and then they will kind of just lock themselves in for another four or five shows because of how well they did, you know. And with this, this causes a problem because I don't book that many shows. I've yeah. only had one, you know, dedicated night at a time. Tide yeah. Palm scores. Club One, you know, that's it. If you're doing one show a month, it's kind of, you don't uh, you don't want to bring the same person back every time. Exactly, so I space him out, yeah. you know? So now instead of him going up every month, he's going up this month, a month from here, a month yeah. from there. But what it's doing is it's keeping the same, pretty much, comics in rotation. Yeah. And this creates a lot of resentment for the comics that are in town. You know, and it's, it's honestly nothing personal yeah. that I don't book you. Because, for instance, you, Joel... Go ahead. You're gonna. Well, I was gonna say that that is honestly something that has has bothered me with the shows because you are not the only booker in town, and so like, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any names because I I'm, I don't mean this as as talking smack about anyone in 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 particular, but I will see the same comics being brought in over and over and over again, and like you like you might have this person Bob once every six months, mm-hmm. so you're not bringing him in too much. But then someone else who books shows will have them once every six months. And then someone else who books shows will have them in once every four months. And now <laughs> this same comic has been here in town eight eight months, eight times this year. Wow. Whereas That's there's true. a lot more comics than that. Oh. And I just, uh, no, it's not like I think that all of the people who book shows here in town need to get together and have a little powwow and, just, and divide up all the comedians that they're allowed to book. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, you know this. This isn't some the Fresno Comedy Corporation where we're where we're doing that kind of nonsense. It's ridiculous, and and I also understand that sometimes it's hard to like you know it's like let's let's just say for instance oh you know I've got this show at a theater I want to do and I'm going to have Bill Maher here. Well, you know what? If he's already got something in New York that weekend, I'm not going to get him. It doesn't matter. Okay, well, who can I get? Because there was a show that I booked once that the comic that I wanted to have come in to do it he's like yeah sure great and then the next day i get a, I, I i booked the place i got everything set i even printed the flyers up then i get a call from him he's like oh you know what i forgot that's my anniversary i can't mm. i can't do the show that weekend that's rough and, and now i had to throw all the flyers out and and scramble to find someone else to book for the show okay so- and so so i also understand that you know what the guy who does great for you he's the guy you if, if you got three days to book someone because your your headliner just canceled, you might have that guy who was here last month in again because he's the he's who was available. You know, it just all of this stuff ends up happening. But it is a, it is a little bit of a drag when you see the same two or three comics five six times in the year when you know there's there's more stuff out. There. Now you're talking about headliners, and I yes. was I was initially talking about how I book local ads. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so when it comes to headliners, I follow the same algorithm. Yeah. I have to see them live. And I have to, you know, pretty much gauge every aspect of what went on that night. So not ju- you're not just watching them, you're watching the audience. The audience, them, everything, everything. And you, you, I even, on some occasions, will go to the bar and be like, hey, how'd the bar do tonight? And, you know, these are all factors. These yeah. are all factors. Now, I do 100% agree with you that that was a problem in Fresno, where the same promoters were bringing, like, I'd bring a guy, and then yeah. someone else would bring him in, like, two months later, and then someone else would bring him the next month, or and, and maybe, yeah. like, so it's like, now this guy's face is everywhere, yeah. you know, and it's just kind of, like, saturated, so, yeah. I, I, it's funny you say, because I recently picked up on that, and I've completely cracked open who I book now, I'm, yeah. I'm 100% dynamic now, I'm taking risks and it's paying off, you know? Yeah. I, in, in October, I, I stretched out and reached out to the guys at Death Squad, and I had them come out. Uh, cool. November, I had Rob Van Dam come out. You know, that's uh, he was uh, the WWE champion uh, in 2013. He was the ECW legend all throughout the 90s. And you got an autographed picture from him. And he sort of looked, he, he looks vaguely similar to Jean-Claude Van Damme. I that's, thought maybe it was just his brother or something. That's where his niche came from, is oh, that really? he trained yeah. with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And he's, he's got the hair going in, in, the, in the eyebrows. Look at how he's, he's he arching his like... eyebrows just like <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme does. No, dude, we went to this trip club after he came, and it was a, it was a, dude, Rob Van Damme is a fucking superhero. <laughs> dude, just hanging around him was just, Oh, it was yeah, insane. Cool. So, you know, he was incredibly expensive. You know, this guy's not yeah. cheap. And on top of that, I double headlined that show where I had a second headliner come in, you know. And the show didn't make too much money, 
Yeah. But it was an experience that people are never going to forget. They're yeah. always going to remember the time that they came and saw Rob Van Dam. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now when it comes to booking, I don't feel like I'm going to have that problem anymore. Where you're going to see my guys being on the same flyers, you know, five yeah. times a month. Because, you know, yeah. these guys just... I mean, that's how I book my headliners now. I'm taking risks. And I'm talking to, like... I had Rory Scoville on the line to do a show. Man, I've been going back and forth with him forever. And his schedule just will not open up. But... Uh, I finally have the budget to get him, you know, talking, you know, yeah. so I'm taking it to the next level. I'm, yeah. I, I want to take it to the next level and I'm either going to get crushed by the pressure or I'm going to come out, you know, strong like a diamond, you know, yeah. who knows, who knows, but uh, th- that's, that's how I book shows. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I did book a few shows a couple of years ago and I really enjoyed doing it. I strong never really, like a diamond. What the fuck? Never, never made <laughs> strong like a diamond. I never made any money doing it. It was fun, but you know, I, I wanted to, I, I never, I never got to the point where I had a whole lot of, to, of people that I would, I would, I actually would like to, to do it again. But, um, if I were, I would need to have enough money to, to bring in people that I want to see. Like the, the person I originally wanted to book at the show I did at a theater in, in Clovis, his name is Brad Upton. He was a comedian that I knew when I lived up in Seattle. He's uh, hilarious. He opens for Johnny Mathis sometimes. Oh, wow. Uh, he's, he's actually, uh, I think to either tonight or tomorrow night, he's going to be at the Ice House in Pasadena. I think I saw that somewhere. Nice. But, uh, yeah, he's he's hilarious. And I wanted to bring him into town because, you know, I loved his comedy. I thought he was hilarious. But, you know, then... You know, after I booked him and, and got everything set up, that he's the guy who calls me up. He's like, "Um, oh, it's my anniversary that night. I can't do this," and and I had to scramble to find oh, someone man. else. That's not it. No, it's his anniversary. It, I understand absolutely. He's got to. Yeah. He's got to keep his wife happy. And one know? one thing to eliminate but that. I, I I really would like to to uh, start doing it again if I can book people I want to see. So you know? one thing straight up, how to eliminate that yeah. is, um, I guarantee you, if the money was right. He might have fucking brought his wife out to come to Fresno for that anniversary. Yeah. Uh, that's how I'm able to close these high level guys because I'm promising, you know, high payouts yeah. for these guys, and that's how you confirm the date. You say, "Hey, you're going to be here on this day, and you're going to get X amount of money." And they're yeah. going to be like, "Fuck yeah, I am." Yeah. You know, and then they come and I give them a great time. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that's how I book. I just want to get through this list of booking, promoting, and getting your feet into a venue. Yeah. Book- know, pr- promoting. I, 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 I'm sorry. Are we done with booking or? I feel like, yeah, we're doing booking. Okay, now promoting. There's the thing, I, I, I touched on it very briefly about once upon a time, put an ad in the newspaper, 90% of the population is going to see it, and those days are gone. Mm-hmm. That's That seems to me to be the most difficult part of it now, because how do you tell everybody that there's a comedy show? Like we said, there's half a million people in Fresno. You know, uh, so there's enough people to fill pretty much all the shows we want to do. And there's enough people who will want to see comedy shows, but how do we tell them that this is going on? Because now, I, all the time, there's comedy in Fresno. Whenever I talk to people about that I'm doing stand-up comedy, I get that a lot. They don't even know that there are comedy shows happening, much less where and when they're at. Mm. So, so how do you, how do you promote? Um, this is the hardest part of, of the whole thing. In fact, I, I even want to keep this as the third one because that's how fucking... Okay, well, important. let's go on to the other one first. Getting your foot in the door. In fact, getting your foot in the door should be the first thing we should have talked about. Yeah. Okay, getting so the explain. venue to let you do the show there. All right. Um, little fun fact. Um, the same great mind that told me about if you can't have two shows on the same night and sell them both out, it's a promoter's fault. Yeah. Uh, same guy, uh, when I was doing my first show, he was like, hey, man, this is your first show, bro. You're doing it. You're yeah. fucking doing it. He was like, dude, out of all the shows I've done, my first show was my favorite. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, my first show was my fucking favorite to this day. Yeah, same here. Uh, the, my first show the, was was still the favorite. that. Uh, I, I, to me, it was just so much magic in the night. The way yeah. everything worked perfectly. It's almost like heroin. You know, that first high that you've been trying to chase ever yeah. since, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, um, this is how you do it. Plain and simple. Number one, the venue needs to be set up for comedy. Yeah. You need to walk into that place and you need to say, can there be comedy? Can comedy exist here? Yeah. Then you look at the layout and you find the best spot for the stage and you just visualize it. You visualize it and then you think, like, no, 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 I can see it with a spotlight and a microphone and the right comics. Dude, it can happen here at this place. The place that yeah. I felt that at was BB's Lounge. Hmm. BB's Lounge 
uh, is a, oh, it's closed. Fab, where you're doing it at now? That's I, I saw that immediately as soon as I walked in. That that room is 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 great. I walked it. in there, I saw the layout, and I was like, comedy can work here. Yeah. And then set up the uh, so, so I'm gonna get to how to set up that, but first, um, beginner steps. This is how I got into BBs, and this is how you're gonna get into your first place. I highly recommend you do this as soon as you can. Find a venue you're in love with. I was in love with BBs. It was a small venue, uh, fit about maybe. Uh, 70 people standing, 70 to, to, I put 95 people in that place. <laughs> I, dude, my, my second show there. Don't tell the fire marshal. <laughs> <laughs> my second show there, we couldn't close the door. That's how packed it was. The door was open and with bodies in the, in the walkway. It was, yeah. it was magic. It was magic. I go to this place. I love it. Optimal night for comedy. Obvious Saturday. Yeah. Second optimal, Friday, and it just gets worse from there. You yeah. know. Now the thing about these clubs, hey, I want to come to a comedy show on Saturday. No, you know why would we have a comedy show? We already have customers in here on Saturday. Yeah, we don't need your business. The function of a comedy show is you offer the trade to the owner. You go, hey, I'd like to do this comedy show. It's going to cost you nothing. We're going to charge a five dollar cover. You're going to get the bar tab, and I'm going to get the door. Yeah. What club owner is going to say, hey, free people to sell drinks to, and I don't have to pay anything, let's do it. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've closed it with that simple one-two punch, you know? And, I mean, $5 doesn't seem like that much, but when you got 95 people paid, you know, that's yeah. 500 bucks that you're splitting between locals. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, at that point, you can fit in a budget of 300 yeah. 400 if you want to get ballsy, you know, but, but anyways, uh, that, that's how you get your foot in the door. I went to BB's lounge and obviously Saturday, we can't do it Saturday cause they don't need the business. Yeah. Friday. We don't do it Saturday. So yeah. I went to BB's lounge every night and I found the night that was the slowest and it happened to be Thursday. Okay. I go in there and I say, Hey, uh, I came here last Thursday and it was just as dead as it is today. Is it always like this on Thursday? Yeah, Thursday's kind of bad. People go to Old Town Saloon. You know, they go to the other side of town. And I'm like, okay, well, would you be interested? You know, um, I'm a stand-up comedian. I know a couple... Com- I could put a comedy show here. We run the... I, just the spiel that I gave you. Yeah. You get the bar sales. I get the cover. Let's try this out. And, you know... Yeah. I'm a, it all depends on how professional you are and how you conduct yourself. And what rap sheet you can bring with you. Yeah. But I'm 100% close rate on that. Right. And the thing is, I have to be in love with... When you're in love with the venue, you're going to do what it takes to make it happen. You're going to yeah. say yeah. what you need to say, the way you need to say it, to make it happen. And I made it happen at every place that I locked my eyes on. Even Club One. Club One, I had, I had them in my radar for like years. I yeah. always had the dream, like, oh, I want to do a fucking show there, you know? And I fucking got it. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. it, it just takes time, patience, and professionalism. Well, know? I mean, that, that room where at Club One where you do the show at, that's another one of those rooms. Well, this is perfect for comedy. It's not too big. It's It, it's, it's, it, it really is great uh, for that because stage is right there in the front and the middle. Everyone can see where you're at. You don't have, um, you don't have uh, uh, any stuff in the way blocking view and it's just an open room where they got the tables and chairs and yep that's how i uh that's how i that's how i look for venues is i see will it work here and then i stop at nothing to to get it there yeah. and um you know that's the beginner that's the beginner level so okay so getting into the place you find you 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 find a night when they're not doing when they're not doing any when business they, and then you offer to to help add more that's and, exactly that's, really that, it. that's it that is it you find a night where they're not generating revenue and say, hey, I can bring people in here to generate revenue for you. Right. Let me do a comedy show here. And you end up having some great relationships. I, I, the people at BB's, phenomenal. Phenomenal. I can't speak highly, more highly about those people. We had a great run when I was out there. But what I'm telling you is this is super beginner level. Yeah. You know, To go up and say, hey, you know, I want to run a show here. I'm going to charge a $5 cover. You know, we're going to sell 50 tickets. I'm going to make 250, 75, 50 of that goes to the DJ. You know, how much is left for a headliner? Yeah. You know, at a $5 cover and no kick in from the bar, the show is going to be as, you know, 
And you got to tell them that. You got to you got to give them options. Be like, we have option A, B, C, yeah. D. This option, you know, is low risk. Nobody, but this option over here where we charge ten dollars and then you kick in a little money. Yeah. Boom. Now all of a sudden we can spend five hundred bucks to hire to hire somebody with a little bit of a name to come in from L.A. It's all about just honestly freaking doing yeah. it. You just got to do it. You just got to fucking do it. So I mean, at the beginning stages, if you want to, if you want to get your foot in the door, starting a show, go to a venue where you think comedy can work. Set them up with that offer. Do that phenomenally because you're gonna fail. You're gonna fail, yeah. and you're just gonna mess up. And then after you get the kinks out, you can start upping the ante. You can start going up to bigger clubs and say, "Hey, listen, I've done this. I've ran a successful night at this venue for X amount of times. These are the people I've brought out. These are the results I've had. These are the bar sales on on my, while well, my show was on. You know, I want to bring this to your place. You know, yeah. and now at this point, you're not a you're not a ragtag upstart." You're not just some guy off the streets. Now you're a professional and you have a resume. Right. Bingo, bango. You're able to up the ante. Just keep climbing that ladder. But if you want to start, do that first thing. Yeah. So that's so, getting your So you door. start off at a night where they don't have much, if any, business. And you don't ask for anything from them. You just say, I'll put this comedy show on. We're just we, Tell them it's going to be a low cover. You know, it's a $5 cover. And then you you got all the drink sales. So you're, what, you're, you're basically... You're not even asking them if you can put on a comedy show. You're offering to give them more customers for that night. Boom. JT, that was perfect. That was fucking it. So that's it. That's getting your foot in the door. We've gone over getting your foot in the door. We've gone over booking comics. So it's got to be somebody that, you know. And the thing is, it took me it took me some time yeah. of booking people and yeah, well it like it, Ty Palms it took it took a, a a while before it got to the point where they had to, Mother Mary's where Danny Minch is doing his shows at it it was a year before he regularly had any size uh, crowd and now he's got a couple of weekend shows a month where they, he'll have 120 150 Dude. people there he's got uh, 30 40 people showing up to the Thursday night shows every single week and you know so I've it, only been there it, it takes it takes a while to get to the point but if if you can find a place where they will back you up and they will give you support mm. and they will be patient, you could eventually build it into something where it's going to make them a shitload of money in addition to you actually being able to put a, a dollar or two in your pocket. Yeah. And I, don't expe- ever expect to get rich booking shows like this. Uh, it, I mean, it could happen. It, it could happen. But if you're, if you're like fucking cutthroat, yeah. ruthless, the, my biggest take on a night was... Uh, I walked home with nine hundred and sixty dollars. Wow, that was my biggest take on a night, you know. And if every night was like that, I'd be fucking rich. Yeah. But that was one of those nights where I was just fucking cutthroat, you know. Yeah. And you have to just really pick your nuts up and fucking grind. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, uh, and the, the thing I want to say about Danny Minch's shows at Mother Mary's, I I don't know what it was like before, but I've only seen phenomenal shows there. Well, he's been doing shows there for like three or four years now. Dude, I went... So it, it took a long time to get to this point, but well, now it, it has gotten to this point, and it was a lot of work on his part, and, and, Dude, and patience on the and the part of the owner. Paid and, off. And yeah, it's, it's definitely paid off. Paid off. Uh, Alright, so we got booking shows, which is, you gotta, you know, feel it. Uh, promoting, no, we're gonna do promoting now. Getting, yeah, promoting. Getting in the door, booking the show, um... Now, when you book a show, again, I just want to tag this on there. Um, it's not important for people. How do I how do I phrase this? When you book a show, um, there are some comics out there that feel as if they're better than the night. They're better than the town. They're better than the venue. They're better than everything, and yeah. the crowd should just be there and laugh at them. But I don't know if you know this, Joel, but it's pretty <laughs> fucking hard to get people to come to a show. Yes, I it's, do know this. Anybody who books a show <laughs> knows how fucking difficult it is yeah. to get people to come to a show. So when I book, you know, if you have my back, I have your back. Yeah. These last couple of shows that I've been booking, I mean, I don't tell anybody, hey, I'm booking you on the show. But you got to bring people. Yeah. I never say that. I book people and they bring people. It yeah. just works that way. You know, I don't, I don't, it's not a contract. I'm like, hey, if you don't bring at least 10 people, then you're not going to get on my book. There are a lot of bookers who do that. Um, um, in Fresno? No, I didn't, not in Fresno. 
But there are a lot of bookers who do that, especially in L.A. Well, well, those are specific, L.A. Those are, well, it's a, it's a number of the comics from L.A. who've come up here to do shows, you know, at Danny's shows and your shows that I've talked to, have said that most of the shows in, in L.A. seem to be bringer shows like that, where, yeah, they'll book you, but you got to put... <coughs> You got to put ten butts in the chairs. That's the difference. That's the difference because when it's a bringer show, the the promoter is like, "Hey, I'm putting you on the show under the pretense that you're able to bring ten people." Yeah. So now these guys are running the streets. Hey, I need ten people. I need ten people to come. Yeah. Will you come? Will you come see me? Yeah. They go. They watch the comic they came to see. They've paid their price. They're out of there. Yeah. Now, if I ran my shows like that and I told people, you got to bring people, you got to bring people, yeah. my shows would run like that. And people would leave. Yeah, before the headline even gets up. Since that's not how I do it, yeah. that's never how my shows well, see, go. That, uh, again, we were talking about this This is a, a short-term success sacrificing long-term success. See, you don't need to build up this show that you're doing. You need to build up Chris Cruz's comedy shows. Plural. Because you're going to be doing another one next month and another one the month after. And you don't want people to be like, well, who's headlining? You want them to say, oh, Chris Cruz is putting on a show. Okay, his shows are always good. I'll go. And and you cannot build up your brand like that if the people who come to see the show are only there because their buddy was there and dragged them there and they walk out as soon as the show is over. Precisely. You know, so, so it, again, it, the, the bringer show is fine for short term. But it doesn't help the long term of Chris Cruz being a successful promoter over 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 time. Yeah, and if it was a bringer show, then fuck, I'd have everybody on there. Yeah, you know, I'd have everybody bringing ten people up. Yeah, but well, it's not, I and I don't on. have ten people I can bring, so <laughs> I would never get booked That's on anything. No <laughs> yeah, because you know the, the 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 all of my friends are other comedians. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, at that point, it's all about how serious you take it. When yeah. I when I first started doing stand up. Um, Aaron Stewart was the guy that was booking shows and I wanted to be a killer on all fronts I wanted to be a murderer on stage and I wanted to bring more people than anybody you could imagine and if you talk to him or if you talk to anybody that went to my shows when I was on the rise I fucking always had like as many people as I could bring To yeah. I mean that's part of what it is like I want to help you and you're helping me by getting on the night so it's like I wanted to do that. It was never yeah. something that was asked of me. And I just, I feel like, uh, you know, that's, it's basic stuff. It's basic fucking, yeah. hey, I'm a good comic, come see me. Not, I'm a good comic, be there, you know, already, and yeah. I will entertain you. Yeah. Nobody's at that level yet in yeah. this town. Unless yeah. you're on, nobody is on yeah. that level. Um, so anyways, booking shows, getting in the door, promoting shows. Promoting shows is, oof. Wow, promoting shows is the hardest part about this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's say I have three comics on the bill uh, that bring you know however many a piece. I never count. I'm, I'll ask because I'm nervous. The night yeah. before, I'll be like, hey, you know how you looking? You know, like yeah, <laughs> you know. And but I'm not gonna be like, oh, you don't have fucking. You're not. You don't have five. You're not on the show. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I just get nervous and that's it. And I'm just like sweating before the show. But yeah. it always ends up you know turning out. Turning out just fine. But let's say these three comics bring out magnificently 10 a piece. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's only 30 people in a, in a sold out 135. Where's the rest coming from? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm bringing so many people to the show myself that why would I have somebody that I'm working hard. I'm yeah. working fucking hard. And you're going to sit there and just mosey in and expect to get paid and expect to just fucking crush this fucking luscious audience. Fuck that. No, 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 no. I'm working hard. If I see that you're not working hard, you know, I guess that's the Mexican in me. I'm a fucking hard worker. When it comes to promoting, here are my tactics. Guerrilla warfare. I just go straight up to everybody and I just fucking talk. Everybody you talk to, you you work in the fact... You know, like you were talking about, you're at work, you're selling someone a cell phone. And while you're bringing it up, oh, by the way, uh, this Saturday I've got a comedy show. And it just anytime you are in a situation where you're interacting with people, you you you, you bring that up to, to, to make sure you just always always be closing. ABC. Yeah. <laughs> always be closing. So, for instance, let's say uh, Ricardo Duran. Yeah. He's a very talented comic in Fresno. Um, he doesn't bring a soul. No. Every time I book him, not a single person comes. Or maybe randomly, if yeah. somebody wants to see him, but he's not pushing it. 
and I don't give a fuck because I know he's going to go out there and destroy. Yeah. If I have Richie on the show and I have a headliner, uh, fucking, I don't know, whoever, whoever the headliner is, those are two solid comics. Yeah. You know? I can confidently tell anybody, hey, pay pay 10 bucks to see this show. Yeah. You'll leave satisfied. And time after time after time after time, these people look at me like, wow, I've never seen a show like that. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. I'm coming to the next one. Uh, you know? And it, that's yeah. what I do it for. For that yeah. look, you know? And the, the important thing for me is making sure that the show, the venue, is correct. The show's booked correctly the comics are funny the venue is nice at that point i'll shove that fucking show right down your throat Mm. and you're gonna go and you're gonna have a great time so uh, promoting uh basically it's everyone you talk to and everything you do has to be about promoting the show you do yeah you know when uh, now do you do you do flyers at all or you just print a few posters no 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 no. i i'm a trial and error type of guy and i used to do flyers flyers didn't work for me they never worked for me I, i don't think i don't believe i got a single Ticket sales you, out of all the flyers. You know what I used printed. to do? I used to say, bring this flyer in and you get a free beer. Yeah. Nobody brought them in. Yeah. Even the people who saw the flyers. Even the people who I said, flyer hey, take this in, get a free beer. They'd come and they wouldn't bring it. Yeah. You know, like it's it's the weirdest fucking thing. Yeah. Flyers to me just are an old. Yeah. They just like, yeah, it's just like. I, if they flyer. ever worked, they certainly don't work now. Oh, 100%. You are yeah. singing... Yeah, and I, I, I wasted a lot of money on flyers when I the, the shows that I was Me doing. Me too. And they they never did anything. Yeah. Um. um you know what what I what I uh, what I would do now instead I would carry tickets with me all the time, mm. and you know maybe someone would I, I maybe I would get someone interested in buying a ticket and, and talking to them about the show and then I can sell to them right there. So have tickets on you, but the flyers never did any good. Yeah, t- tickets are money. Tickets are money. And the thing about tickets, another tactic I have. So rule number one for me on promoting a show, just talk to everybody. How do I talk to everybody? How do I have confidence to talk to everybody that I see about the show? Because I know that show's going to be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Number two, I do the fucking bait and switch. I will give free tickets to a large party. But not enough to get the whole party in. Yeah. So I know so like that, six people and say, well, I got three tickets here. Less than that. Yeah. You know, you you find somebody that you know has a large group of friends that they always go out with, you know? Yeah. Because there are those people that are just always doing things. They're yeah. always moving. Yeah. You hunt those people down and you get close to one of them and you give them tickets. You get close enough to be like, hey, here are free tickets to my show. They're not going to come alone. They're yeah. going to bring their friends. Now those two free tickets turned into, you know... No, the two free tickets turn into four to eight sales. Boom. And um, they're going to have a great time. I I have no fear that the problem with Fresno is nobody wants to pay a cover charge. Yeah. So these motherfuckers pay 10 bucks to get in. And if you don't wow them, you're never going to see them again. It's not just about, oh, that was a good show. No, you have to punch them in the stomach with a fantastic show for them to even remotely think about coming to another one. You know, case in point, Danny Minch, his mom's back door, or no, 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 his his shows at the uh, in the main room. Yeah, he has flocks of people that are like, I I need to come see another show of yours. I yeah. have to. It was so good last time, and and it's just gotten to that point. You know, yeah. You, yeah. that's what you want to build. You want to build a show that makes people need to come back. Yeah, you know. So, um, the two tactics I have: talk to everybody, give away bait and switch a couple of tickets. Uh, and really, I go for hard closes. You know, I don't like to leave it up for the. Uh, the no, I'll think about it. Maybe no. Well, you, you try to get them to buy the ticket right then. Don't try real hard not to leave it at. Well, yeah, I'll think about it. Maybe I'll be there. Over my time doing stand up, a lot of people have pulled me aside and said, "We really, you know, we really enjoyed your set. We yeah. really thought you were good." I keep those people close, yeah. and when the show comes up, I will. Just tell them and just really just ask them to come see the show. And boom. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to come. It's going to be me and my wife and my, my wife's co-worker and, and she's going to bring her husband. And then I'll write down in a paper, that's four. You yeah. know? And I'll go to the next group. Oh, hey, you know, this, that, and the third. Oh, you know, five people, two people. one. Now I have a list of 60 people that are have 
told me to my ear on the phone or in person, I'll be there. And, yeah. then, and then I get their number down and I re-follow up like yeah. a couple days before. Hey, what's going on? The show's coming up. Ah, you know yeah. what? I can't make it. Or, oh, yeah, we're pumped. You know, like, boom, boom, boom. And yeah. you just, it's just work. It's just work, work, work. Just reminding everybody and that the, said they were going to go that, hey, you said you were going to go. The, it's coming up. <laughs> don't forget. It just... You know, not like, hey, you said you were going to go. You better, No, you don't oh, do that. you got to keep You say, hey, hey, I, I was talking to you the other day. You said you wanted to come to the show. Just want to remind you it's going to be tomorrow night. So don't forget. Uh, it starts at 8 o'clock or whatever time it is. Dude, and that's why I sweat so much before the yeah. show because every show is the same. Yeah. I have 60 people ready and rounded to go. Yeah. What happens day of show? 30 people show up. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, dude, I just called you. You said you were going to be here. Oh, you know what, man? I couldn't make it. You know? But there's also the contrary where the 60 turns into 80 out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, where they're, like, the electricity builds and then and it just increases. Yeah. So it's like, that's why, like, I, you never really know until the day of the show. Yeah. And lately at Club One, which has been my, my, my jewel that I've been really catering, like, really, really just trying to focus all my, all my balls into, it, uh, it's been great. I've been having some, cool. you know, October, I had to do it to where, it got to the point where I had to do um, two shows. Every every Friday. Oh every, yeah, yeah. So, so now you're, you're doing two shows there now. Well, no, it, it was the first Friday of every month. I had one yeah. show at nine thirty. Then it was getting two packed. I have to do seven o'clock and nine thirty. So oh, two shows. Okay, wow. And then now coming up into the two times a month, I'm considering doing two double shows. So four shows a month. Wow. You know, cool. And um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm trying but, to get dynamic with this, dude. I mean, what I want to go ahead. What you're gonna say? Uh, well, it just I, I'd say the the biggest problem with Fresno's comedy scene. And this is in my opinion. Is that there isn't an actual comedy club, uh, so huh. comedy doesn't have a home. So I mean, that's one. Of, I think I think that's one of the biggest reasons that so many people still say nowadays there's comedy in Fresno. I had no idea is because there, if, if there were a comedy sh- club in Fresno, then there would there would be a place where oh comedy oh yeah well there's there's that. But of course, uh, a centralizing like that uh, ends up having its own problems. Where uh, it, it ends up making it that much harder for anyone else to do to do things. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know about this town. But well, I, just don't know about this I, town. I don't know. It's yeah, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother beast, man. But yeah, um, so that that's it, man. Those are my tactics. Cool. Get your foot in the door, promote the shit out of it, and book it so it's going to be a stellar night. All right. All right, so well, oh, all right, so so getting your foot in the door is basically find a night when they don't have any business and offer to get some, get them a little bit more business. Bingo. Uh, and then getting uh, okay, so that's getting your foot in the door. Uh, booking the shows, make sure you see them, see the people yourself, and make sure that they're good before you bring them out. And um, this is very important when you're booking a show. You kind of have to um, when you're booking a headliner. It's tricky. That's yeah. that's one of the hardest parts because where do you get a headliner from? Yeah. Not everyone is you know as spoiled as Fresno to be within range of San Francisco, Sacramento, yeah. you know L.A. Uh, in a scenario where you're not around all these people, how the hell do you get these guys to come out? You know, so at that point you got to be talking money. Yeah. You know? So the way you would get money is you just build your fucking shows up. Yeah. And at one point you have enough money to be like. Listen, guy, yeah. come out here for a thousand bucks, whatever it's going to take to get you yeah. out here. Charge twenty bucks at the door, whatever you want to do, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Um, so it's literally just finding someone you like, looking them up, and sending them an email. Yeah. You know, and that's how I got a brunt of a lot of the the, the higher level comics that yeah. I brought out. And then booking, and then uh, uh, promoting shows is basically everything you do needs to be in uh, needs to have promoting your show involved in it everyone you talk to everybody you meet everyone everyone who's handy shake everywhere you go uh every time you have a chance to talk to someone about it you know, make sure and and then of course you if, if you have a uh, help from the venue at, at, at all that's that that that's great too because you know just just putting up a poster at the venue and having it there it makes a huge difference makes a huge difference is uh. that when you know a a third of the ticket sales when I was doing the show at that uh, coffee shop, were from people who came into the coffee shop during their normal hours, saw the poster and said, "Yeah, I, I think I'll come to the comedy show." And then when I when the, I started having this after they closed and I started doing the show at the Denny's, they wouldn't let me put a poster up and all that, and so now a third of my ticket sales at least are gone. You know, 
But uh, okay, so boom, boom, boom. So there, that's that's about uh, that's about doing comedy shows. Now uh, let's talk about doing other kinds of, of uh, you know non traditional comedy shows. Uh, you, you asked me earlier if I'd ever done a house show. <laughs> uh, I, I can think of two occasions when, and both of them were someone's birthday party. Were they fun? Uh, yeah, they were. And, and uh, um, one was when I was living in Houston. Uh, a, a, a lady that I worked with, it was her father's birthday, and she decided to hire uh, me to come and tell jokes and a stripper to, to, <laughs> to come and strip. Uh, Simultaneously? Uh, well, the stripper was after me. Thank goodness. <laughs> you don't want to follow a stripper. And you don't want the people to know there's a stripper coming up. If the stripper is following you, because I, I remember I was on, a, a, I don't remember whose, but someone's show on, a, a, what, what's that? Is it Central Valley Talk? That, yeah. that, 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 uh, um, the public access station that's on the internet. Uh, someone, I don't remember who it was. Someone had, who had a show on Central Valley Talk asking me to come on and do stand up comedy on their show. And there was a stripper who was there because it was someone's birthday or something. And I'm standing there telling jokes, and every single person who was there is got their head. I could see the side of their head. I could see all of their right ears, because everyone had their head turned and was looking at the stripper <laughs> who was standing over by the door, basically waiting for me to finish my jokes. And, you know, I'm like partway through it, and I wanted to say, you know what? No one's listening to anything I have to say. Let's just have her take her shirt off. Maybe I can tell some jokes after that. You know, I'll make fun of her nipples or something, because no one is paying attention. To me, while there's a chick who's about to take all of her clothes yeah, off. Yeah, there. yeah, there's no winning in that uh, in that battle. Yeah, and then, uh, but, you know, so that was that birthday party I did when I lived in Houston. And then the other one was also a birthday party that I did. Somebody in, like, Selma or something. Uh, I got that, uh, I think I got that gig off of Gig Salad. Nice. Uh, it, one of the few gigs I've ever gotten off of there. But, of course, I have not paid for their membership thing, so I'm just using the free membership. So I don't get anywhere near as much exposure as people who would pay for that. H- have you ever used Gig Salad? No, no, but no. I've heard great things. Yeah. Heard great things. Yeah, Danny t- uh, Danny Minch tells me he gets a lot of stuff off of that. But he's he's got the membership that he paid for, and I, I don't remember how much it costs. But yeah, yeah, uh, another buddy of mine, uh, Kevin Tinkin, got some pretty sweet gigs from there. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's uh, no, it works. The system works. I don't know if he was paying for the thing, but. No, 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 no. That's that's nice. That's nice. Uh, house shows, though, to me are are phenomenal. I've only had fun at house yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. But you get into some really weird predicaments. Just like you said, you were yeah. performing right before a stripper. Yeah, like, it's yeah. fucking weird. Uh, in uh, in in their in their backyard, uh, <laughs> the stripper was in the backyard. Yes, in the in the Neighbors. backyard, and there's <laughs> they've got tables with the the Mexican. But both of them were Mexican families. Uh, and they they got all the Mexican food up on the tables out there all over the place, and you can smell it while you're there, which was cool. And they and all, all those are the shows where they always feed you. That's all. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I've, I've done shows at restaurants where they say, "No, we're not giving you a meal." <laughs> and, and you know what? That's just like, dude, you're uh, you're a dick. Okay, <laughs> you're a restaurant, is... and you're not going to give the guy performing a meal. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's all about rapport with them, yeah, you know, but. Um... But uh, house yeah, shows. house shows are dope. House shows are dope. Yeah, the house shows they always feed you. Uh, what? Um, w- tell me about is anything hugely amazing happened at one of the house shows you've done? Because I'm sure you've done more of them than I have. Uh, since I just did the two. No, they're just super weird. And if you're doing a house show, then I mean, where did they find you? You know. Yeah. And uh, I've done a show where like a guy randomly hit me up, and then I'm performing with other comics that. He randomly hit up. Yeah. They're just like, I'm like, what? Who, who is this guy? I've never even seen this guy. He's just a guy that's on Craigslist. Like, I'm a comedian. You know, like, it's weird. It's weird. And then, but you get so much love at those house parties. You yeah, know? that's true. Uh, so much love. At those. Yeah. The, the craziest thing, I guess, um, geez, I think um, the craziest thing that happened was. And grandma loves the dirty jokes. I, that's what I was just. Grandma loves dirty jokes. I don't care what anyone says. It, it was. She told me to that I was too clean, and you know I'm not. I don't. I don't have all that much of dirty material. And she's like, I want to hear some more. <laughs> yeah, at house shows you can cut the fuck loose. Yeah, you can really just take off. If they say that anything goes, man, it's just you. Yeah. And like, it's you and like 25, 30 people. You know. Yeah. And you fucking you're talking about everything. Yeah, every house show I've had has been. 
So much fun. Yeah. So much risky as fuck, but so much fun. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just weird doing your masturbation jokes while the while the woman is nursing. <laughs> that is that is hilarious. That, that's horrible. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, okay. Um. Uh, have you done any comedy festivals? Yeah, I recently just did a festival out in Humboldt County. Oh, now what what, what was that like? Because I've ne- I've actually never done a festival. I've heard about them. But I, I don't really know anything about how they run. Okay, so you went to high school, right? Yes. Um, high school, I mean, depending on... Let's look at the good parts versus the bad parts. Only look at the good parts of high school. You know, it's pretty fun, right? If you're only looking at the good parts. If you're only Well, anything is fun if you only look at the good parts. True. true, true I true. mean, boot camp is great if all you're looking at is the day you got on the bus and left. <laughs> <laughs> so Well, I mean, it's in the sense, like... The analogy is comedy and high school. Like, in comedy, there's ups and downs. For some people, it's a lot of ups and, and very few downs. At other people, there's a lot of downs. And, you know, so it's just like in high school. Yeah. Um, field trips on high school. When you went to Magic Mountain, you know, yeah. and you're looking, you're hanging out with people from other schools and shit yeah. like that. And that's what it feels like to go to a comedy festival. It's fucking paradise. It is at your... Uh, sur- so it's like you're on a field trip. You're surrounded... By nothing but brothers and sisters. Yeah. Comedians. Good comedians. If they're in a festival, they're not bringing up no trash, you know. Even yeah. even the worst ones are not bad at all, you yeah. know. They're just not as good as the better ones. So you're just surrounded by just high-level comics. Everyone's having a good time. You know, there's... It's it's just like a huge field trip. Yeah. You know, you, there's, the, there's so much... You grow so much as a comedian. You grow so much as a, as a networker, you know. So many opportunities just spread yeah. wide open when you go to these festivals. Uh, well, tell me about the festival in Humboldt. Uh, it was random. Um, uh, a friend kind of gave me the good uh, the thumbs up to their guy out yeah. there. Showed him some of my clips. He was down with it. Uh, never heard of me, but he he liked my stuff, and you know I ended up impressing him pretty pretty. He he liked what I was doing. Uh, so it was it was fun. She got me out there, and uh, I had three nights. Three nights, three three different venues, three different nights, and cool. yeah, it was so so much fun. I mean, the first night was amazing. The second night was just shit. Third night was okay. Like it was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But I mean, you're you're at home. So the, the shows are just like any other show. Oh yeah, it's like a lot of hit and miss. But at least yeah, I a to, random at least guy. I get to tell my jokes. A random guy is not gonna you know get put on the bigger shows because they yeah. had you know theater a theater show to cap off the festival. Yeah, you know where they had like I think they had a writer from SpongeBob. Uh, Josh Androsky, and they had uh, another guy who was, I can't remember his name, but he was so goddamn funny. Um, mm. And, I mean, it's just, you're laughing from, you know, 6 p.m. to 12 at night, and then yeah. you're hanging out with comics, and, you know, it's 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 just, the whole experience is just absolutely fantastic. Cool. Uh, I'm You know, I, I hear about festivals after it's too late to try to get in them. Now's your chance. So much. The Slow Comedy I, I Festival. To... Send them in a tape, bro. It's like 50 bucks. Uh, San Luis Obispo? Slow Comedy Festival. Sixth year anniversary. And the submissions end soon. Well, see, there's the, that right there is the thing that always puts me off of it. It's that I have to pay, an, uh, I have to, pay to, to do a submission. Man. Okay. Well, it's just I don't have a whole lot of money. Uh, you know, I mean, if I had an extra 50 bucks lying around. Let me give you this analogy. When I first started doing stand-up comedy, I was unemployed. Right. And it was just a pipe dream. How am I... I'm... I'm what? You're going to be a comedian, Chris? Get the fuck out of here. But on my last $40 that I had to my name, I realized if I'm going to be a comedian, I need to tape record myself and listen to myself. Yeah. And cut the bits down. You know? That's how I got good fast was... I got a tape recorder. And that tape recorder costs like 37 bucks. Yeah. I spent all of my... I, I threw everything into comedy with that one shot of yeah. spending that 40 on that tape recorder. To me, it was like an investment into myself. Yeah, I, I, I hear that from people a lot when they t- when I when I talk about, well, you know, the competition I have to pay to submit or for the festival I have to pay to submit and it just seems crazy. That I gotta pay for you to decide whether or not I'm going to come perform for free. Oh, is it free? I don't know. Do they pay you at the festival? 
I mean, if, there's if you be if something... you get into the festival, do you get paid? Uh, well, now, of course, well, you're getting paid by networking and and with it, you're being paid with exposure. I hear that all the time. Well, the, the guy who's making a bunch of money off of it, telling me that I'm being paid with exposure, it, it just drives me nuts. That that, that kind of crazy hypocrisy. But and it's not it's not work. It's fun the whole time. It's, you're going and it's just a fun experience. So, I mean, yeah, that's true. But uh, like, okay. Uh, I, I realize what I get, downer, I get what you're saying. I, I realize what a downer I'm being about this whole situation. I get what you're saying. And Why you know, am I going to pay? And you're probably right. I should do it anyways, despite my, my misgivings about it. But, like, okay, so you, Humboldt, did you have to pay to submit to do go into that? Uh, now no. You said someone said, okay. Now, how much did it cost you to go do that festival? It was expensive. It was right. expensive. So, uh, you know, gas to get up there and back, fine. But then you got to pay for a hotel room, and you got to... You know, I'm not even going to count feeding yourself because you got to eat anyways. That's where things got a little crazy because um, we stay, the the girl that got me up there was at the time um, my my girlfriend at the time that's her sister, so we stayed with her for the whole time. Oh, okay, didn't have to, but a lot of comics were doing that. Yeah, that was something that you saw out there where. Oh, you came in from Denver? You're sleeping at these guys' house for the next three days. You're sleeping here. Like, they had... Everyone had each other's backs. Oh, okay. The comedy scene in Humboldt is fucking utopia, brother. Yeah. Utopia. It was so much yeah. love. Well, and like, the, uh, the the last time I was looking at going to a festival, it, I, it was it was in San Francisco, and I, I was like, well, this is going to cost me $1,000 I don't have. Just for the hotel room for the three days. Yeah, I, I I can't do it. I mean, I I I I I can't afford it. I, I can't afford to go and work for free and pay a thousand dollars. You can't for the afford room. not to. Well, see, and there's a and you're right. I I agree with you, but so I end up with with. Two things I can't afford, I guess. Cause, you know, because you know the thing you can't afford not to prevents you from moving on in your career. The thing that you can't afford too means I don't have the money to put down on the table to be able to walk in the door, you know. And but you're you're right though. I you know and and so I need I need to I have to I have to go do these things. I have to go to these festivals in order to get myself seen if I'm ever going to get anywhere. Just like I need to move to L.A. or New York City if I'm going to be seen to get anywhere. I'm I, I don't mean to be down on Fresno, but I'm never going to be a big comedian. Nobody's going to be a big comedian for us. Exactly. Get the hell out of here. Uh, but, um, you know, I still need to, I, I still, you know, unless, I I don't even have a car anymore. I have my bike now. So it's not like I can well, park in an alley and sleep in my car like I would have been able to do before. So I just sleep on top of my bike, I suppose. <laughs> Leaning lean against a dumpster somewhere. And just kinda, <laughs> you know, but... But uh, no, you you are right though. You can't afford not to. More to your point. But, more to your point. At the Humboldt Festival, it had set up that we had a lanyard. That lanyard right there that you can see. I keep yeah. that as memorabilia. Um, that uh, I don't know if you see the little punches at the bottom, but you see like the square that's cut off. Yeah, I do. Um, we were awarded a burrito and a pizza slice every day and the burrito, oh that was nice yeah the burrito was fucking huge and the pizza slice was fucking huge <laughs> so that's that that covered food well you know i gotta make sure i do humboldt then because it sounds like that they have some understanding that the people there a lot of the people they're bringing in for the festival can't afford to do it <laughs> yeah it, dude that's the thing you're not the only one out there being no. like fuck no, you're right <laughs> no you're you're right and you know the, these complaints that i have uh, if, if there's a hundred comedians, and there's not, but if there's a hundred comedians out there who are at, at, at your or my professional level uh, as listening to this, half of them are listening and saying, yeah, you're right, that's bullshit. And the other half are listening and saying, you fucking baby, just fucking go do it. You need to go do it. <laughs> and all of all hundred of them are correct. Yeah, all of them. You know, they're, here, they're all correct. Here's, here's why I say under the sense that um, you can't afford not to do it. Comedy can be very mentally taxing. Yeah. It can be a drag. Yeah. Um, there's days, you know, where you're on top of the world. And yeah. there's days where you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Why, why did I make this life choice? Have I made a mistake? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, and, and this, this constant battle inside of you is going on. Yeah. And a comedy festival is just fucking paradise. Yeah. You know, that highest of the high, you get that for a couple of well, days. Well, you know, it, uh, almost everything about doing stand-up comedy is a pain in the butt. Just like every job. 
Oh yeah, but dude, I, I got into comedy because in in like jobs. Yeah. Very easy. Very early on, you realize the only way you're moving anywhere is by how much dick you can suck. Yeah. And I said, "Fuck this! I'm going comedy." Yeah. And boy, wouldn't you know? The only way you're getting places is yeah. how much dick you can suck. Yeah. There's no way you can escape. You have to suck dick at some point. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. why, dude. That's why well, I, don't you know, and, I don't grow because I don't suck dick. Well, I mean, every other kind of job is so much easier in that there's like, okay, you want to be a nurse. Okay, that means you got to go to school. You got to take these classes and then you go put in resumes and applications to get a job as a nurse. There is no go to the school, take these classes, and yeah. put in a resume to be a stand up comedian. <laughs> is this uh, comedian acting? Whoa. Whoa. Comedian acting, music, a lot. Any kind of the entertainment stuff, it just doesn't have that kind of a, a course that you can follow. It's it's all everyone has to make it up on their own, and the thing that worked for one person isn't going to work for somebody else. So it's not like you can even follow somebody else's script. Yeah, you, you, everyone's got to make it up on their own. Just you know? for the listeners out there, I have a five gallon jug of water that mysteriously fell when I was ranting about sucking dick. So. I think that was a sign from the water, uh, the water uh, uh, demons to to lubricate when you're sucking the dick. I guess. No, I to know. stop calling the truth as I see it. Yeah, there you that go. You have to suck dick to get anywhere in this fucking business. Yeah, yeah but you know the thing about comedy is almost every, just like every other job, almost everything about it is a pain in the butt. But when you're actually up there doing it, like when I can get on stage in front of an audience, tell my jokes, make them laugh. It's the one true joy I have in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. And when you are up there, blinded by the spotlight, and you can't even see the people who are laughing at the jokes that you wrote, it's all worth it. It's like every time I hear a woman talk about, oh, you know, the pregnancy was so hard and all the blah, blah, blah. But it's the first time I saw that baby, it was, I forgot all of that nonsense and it was all worth it. Well, you know what? All of the bullshit to get up on stage and get the shows going. When I even went with how hard booking the shows was when I was doing that, trying to get people in. When I would get up there and I pick up the microphone and I look out at the audience, and I start telling my jokes and people start laughing. It's all worth. It was all worth it. Oh. I forgot all about all of the bullshit I had to do and all the nonsense and and all the money I lost and, and none of that stuff mattered because I got I got to do the thing I wanted to do. Oh, and so, dude, you were singing, you were, like, just, it's perfect what you're yeah. saying, man. That's exactly right. That's fucking exactly right, man. But, uh, oh, we're we're at an hour again, so I guess we're going to have to stop. Uh, There's anything else you want to throw in that, real quick before we uh, finish off? Uh, one of the things I just wanted to throw in, um, uh, just to tag on to what you were saying, uh, I have many, many special, I mean, what you take from comedy and what is special to you is different to every comedian. You know, everyone's doing something different. Everyone wants something else out of it, but everyone has that special moment, you know, just like you were saying where that, that glow takes over Yeah, and you just, you're, you feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. This is where I'm going to be. This is where I want to be, you know, and, and it takes you to, to, to amazing, amazing places. So many times do you meet just great souls in comedy yeah. and just vibrant people uh, and many times many times you'll be in a situation where you completely change someone for a night and they come and they tell you like listen you know I had just lost my you know loved one I lost whoever and I've been so down I haven't cracked a smile in you know weeks and yeah. tonight it felt good to laugh for the first time thank you and you, you feel that connection with a with someone who's suffering yeah you know because everyone's suffering yeah i'm suffering and you made and you were able to make it a little bit better for him and that yeah. to me is the, the most special the yeah. most special aspect of comedy so i just wanted to tag that on on when you're up there and you're like this is what i'm supposed to do like yeah there are those moments that you just that just make everything yeah. you make you forget about everything it reminds you why you started doing it in the first place but, uh, hey, uh, Chris, thanks for uh, thanks for doing the podcast with me. I really appreciate it. JT, it was a pleasure having um, you. Having you. <laughs> it was a ple- well, well, you're in you, my house. You're well, my yeah, house. we're in your place. <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for hosting the podcast. Uh, you want to tell everyone your uh, your website? And- yes, um, it is www. 
chriscruisecomedy.com. That's also my Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook handle. Chris Cruz Comedy at Chris Cruz Comedy. That's what it is. Um, I'm going to be having shows at Club One Casino. And you're going to be seeing a lot of me at the Warner Theater uh, coming up in 2016. Um, also, take into consideration the tactics I have given you to start your own comedy show. Don't let the fact that there is no comedy in your hometown deprive your hometown of comedy. Go out there and fucking do it. And that's ain't nothing to it but to do it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. And if you're looking for a headliner, give either of us a call. <laughs> uh, you know, Chris Cruz or myself, uh, both of us are available a lot of the time. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, me yeah. more so than him because no, he's actually we're all. No, I'm available. I'm available more often than you are. There's a few days where you're doing your shows <laughs> technically. So do, put the show on the same night as his Club One Casino show, so that way you'll have to call me. <laughs> oh, uh, thanks a lot for doing this I really appreciate it and uh, this was a lot of fun um, I'm JT Foreman here with Chris Cruz I am the Bitter Comic and I will talk at you next week woo, woo, woo. peace that was wonderful bravo I loved that oh it was great well it was pretty good well it wasn't bad well there were parts of it that weren't very good it though. could have been a lot better I didn't really like it it was pretty terrible it was bad it was awful I was terrible get him away hey boo, boo.